Welcome, welcome to the MJB Music with JB podcast. I am I am Mario J. Brown, singer, songwriter, and CEO of MJB Music Entertainment. And my right hand man here is I am JB, aka James Buford, Pastor James Buford. I am excited to be here. I am the CMO of MJB Music. And so here we are for another great season yes sir season two baby we taking it up another notch man so excited about this season last season was phenomenal we talked to so many uh just great people man and uh learned so many valuable nuggets and so um yeah we started this podcast basically to bring you everything music education and culture and uh so james tell them a little bit about what that means what does it mean uh when i what, what exactly am i talking about when i say music education and culture what can they look forward to so you can look forward for some great information from industry, from professionals uh, such as musicians, uh, singers, songwriters, um, producers, uh, photographers, makeup artists, uh, and so we'll get we'll gain great experience from these professionals. And so I'm excited about the the course that we're taking. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, sir. Hey, man, shout out to uh, Brandon Wavy Boy Washington on the line. Hey, we got to get you on the show, bro. Ralph Hackman, yeah, what's yeah. going on, sir? Yes, yeah. sir. But um, yeah, so today, our forecast for today, thank you for joining us. We truly value your time and attention. Today's topic of discussion is management in the entertainment industry. Management is so, 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 so important and valuable. So I'm going to read this quick bio of our guest. It's Greg, Uncle G Lyons president and CEO of Uncle G Promotion and Entertainment is an invisible and invincible force behind the success of a wide range of artists and popular music from R&B, rap to gospel music, widely recognized throughout the industry for his extraordinary success in promoting and marketing a diverse range of recording artists. His full service company also offers radio promotions, artist management and concert and church bookings. But more importantly, Greg is Greg Lyons is a loving husband and father currently residing in New Orleans, Louisiana. But first, JB, tell them what's our uh, news flash culture moment of the day. What's going on in the culture? So I don't know if this is a culture moment, but it might be a personal moment. Um, but my Milwaukee Bucks lost and uh, I'm kind of hurt <laughs> by it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, but here's a good thing. Basketball is in. I mean, we're playing basketball. I, and I, and I want to say that during the finals, it's been some phenomenal basketball being played, uh, some good games, some good close games, some good, uh, some good basketball. And I think it's great. Uh, I think the biggest thing I take away from it is the morale that it gives to us, um, the morale that it's giving, it's giving to us uh, in watching the games and how it's building our morale and just kind of building our spirits during the process. So it's really, it's really, it's a really good, uh, it's a really good thing going on. So I'm excited about it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, um, I'm excited about that too, man. Basketball is just, uh, man. It, it was, it was rough, a rough few months or a few weeks man, without it, man. But uh, <laughs> to have and it back, man, NFL, like I said, the NFL also started too. So it's, it's that's that's good too. Um, so now we're getting some sports back. It kind of just like I said, it builds morale. Kind of just like you're not just doing, you know, it's something else to do besides uh, kind of think about politics. And what's going on in the world is kind of your outlet into uh, into another into another world. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. I was pulling for the Bucks, man. I thought we was gonna do it, you know. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's it, it was it was challenging, man. Especially losing Giannis, man. But you know, the team stepped up once he stepped once he you know went out for a little while. So Absolutely. it was looking good for a moment, man. I had a little glimmer of hope, man. I was hoping we could make history. <laughs> 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 that didn't happen, man. But yo, next uh, next year, man, it was always, we always next got season. Next we year. Gotta, That's- we got to do better, man. That's if Giannis gotta... stays. We just praying. We crossing our fingers that Giannis stays, man. Hey, man. I, I think There's he is. That's, that's the... what he's saying. So okay, we'll okay. see. We'll see. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, so today, um, let's get right into our music education topic of the day. 
So today we're talking about uh, becoming a successful manager. Uh, JB, tell me why you think management is important and what value does it bring to an artist? Uh, management, management is always, I think, important for, again, navigating when you talk about the career of the artist. It's always important for for that because uh, usually artists may have an idea of what they want to go and uh, have a, a level of achievement that they want, but the management helps them to get to the next level and get to where they're trying to go. And so management is hugely important uh, in helping that to be achieved by the artist and both the manager. Yeah, yeah, very true, man. Um, I think, like you said, man, the success of an artist it, 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 it heavily weighs on having good management, man. I think you're only as good as your team, you know? Um, so if you can surround yourself by people that have the same goal, the same uh, passion that you have, man, I think it just makes for a great uh, recipe for success. So, you know, Absolutely. without further ado, man, um, I just want to get into it. Let's talk to our, our guest today, Greg, Uncle G Lyons. Welcome, sir. We're glad to have you back, man. Yeah. What's going yeah. on? What's going on with you guys? What you say, Mark? Yeah, what yeah. you say, Pastor? Yeah, what's oh, going man. On, man? <laughs> we back in this thing, right? We back in here. <laughs> yes, sir. Glad to be back. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, man. We were, um, as you know, in the beginning, working through a few kinks. And so I'm glad that you were gracious enough to rejoin us. And, um, you know, because there was so much valuable information that you shared. And I'm praying that we can recap that tonight, man, because you're full of wisdom and information, man. And we're just excited to have you again, sir. Well, I appreciate you sharing your platform with me. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, let's jump right into it, man. Let's jump into it. So um, the first question I have for you is how did you find your lane in the industry and uh, what steps were taken to kind of get where you are? So tell us, you know, for people that don't know you and they want to know the journey of Uncle G, where did he start? How did he get to this level? Uh, just talk to us. Let us know. <laughs> that depends on how far you want me to go back. Yeah, my journey <laughs> actually started I was a chauffeur for about 15 years, driving around people in entertainment um, industry and um, CEOs of Fortune 500 companies and um, that job kind of expired on me with the company I was working for and my um, nephew, <clears throat> Master Lee, um, he hired me after that. Um, mm. And I started off in transportation with him after he found out, um, you know, I wasn't working at the place anymore and he knew I had experience. So he started me off in the transportation department and from there, I just learned from um, the head of security at that time was the guy by the name of Kevin McDaniel. And he kind of took me on this wing and he was showing me different things about road management. Um, and at the time okay. we used to travel with about 50 people everywhere we went. So um, one of my first tasks was to do the rooming list and then make certain that everybody was downstairs at the time P said to be downstairs. And that could be, you know, 7 a.m. in the morning, but he may not come downstairs to 10 a.m. And mm. one of his pet peeves was he never wanted to wait on anybody, regardless of what time he told you when he came down, he expected everybody to be ready to go. And, um, yeah. you know, that was that was almost like I called it herding cats because there was just a lot of people that would wander off and everything. And um, the incident happened in D.C. Um, to where we were shooting a video and the guy came by and um, pulled the gun out. He was about to do a drive-by and we had to kind mm. of scurry and you know clear the set and get back to the hotel. And after that particular time, he said, hey, um, it's a lot better to travel with so many people. He said, so I'm gonna cut it down. He said, but I'm not gonna fire anybody that you guys are gonna basically um, dismiss yourselves. And that was probably my second trip that I was on. So I was a little guy on the right. totem pole, even though that was my nephew, you know, he didn't show any favoritism in that. Um, yeah. So I was like, well, I must gonna be the first one to leave, but he turned around the same meaning and say, oh, he said, I want you to always have a van ready wherever we go. And um, I want you to drive that van. And if something happens, at least we can, you know, get a few people in the van and we can just go and we won't rely on the limousine company or a chauffeur being afraid, you know, in the moment, mm. at least we know to go. So that gave me some stability. So from there, um, I just started learning different things. You know, when I saw something needed to be done, I just did it. You know, it was nothing that I went to school for, but like yeah. I said, it was, a, it was a lot to do. And I was blessed to be able to learn firsthand from somebody that was already a major star in the industry because, you know, he was getting opportunities left and right. 
You know, yeah. after about three or four months of doing that, the, the numbers went down from 50 people traveling to the next trip. It probably was like about 35. From there, it went down to about 20. You know, from there, it went down to about 10 or 11. And then mm. when I looked up, you know, a few months later, it was just me, P, and um, one of the security guards by the name of um, Kurt Hankton. And okay. um, from that, I started managing. I looked up, you know, I was managing P and Romeo. Um, mm. and like, wow, nothing I went to school for, but it, you know, it came from just taking on different tasks, learning firsthand from the industry, um, you know, stop doing grunt work. But like I said, I just picked up on things and I'm just, God bless me to be able to learn. Like I said, um, with someone that was already established. Wow. 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 Man. Yeah. That's something you talk about, uh, <laughs> a major force in the industry. Master P man. Man, I know that that's I'm sure you learned so many valuable lessons just from even being connected, man. What's been some of the, the pros and maybe even cons um, being connected with somebody of that 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 statue? Well, actually, even before we got connected, like I said, I drove um, limousines for 15 years. So that afforded me the opportunity to come in contact with countless celebrities, uh, movie stars, like I said, CEOs. So from doing that job with hold that job dear to me. I missed that job because it was, you know, somebody different, you know, every day um, you were your own boss. Um, but from that, I learned, you know, what to do and what not to do. Mm. You know, I saw people from celebrity status firsthand and I saw some of the things that they were doing and um, some of the things that could have been tweaked a little bit. So okay. that's really, that's really where I got a lot of my foundation from just being around celebrities before I was thrusted in it because on the old it was an old Jewish white guy that taught me the limousine business and he said always be um personable but never personal you know mm. speak when you're spoken to if they really wanted to be your friend you would be sitting in the back seat not in the front mm -hmm. seat so wow. God flipped wow. it on me to where I went from being in the front seat of the car to riding mm. in the back seat of the car so Come when I got my opportunity to ride in the back seat of the car I knew some of the stores I have and how I was how I was treated by some people while I was in the front seat of the car. So I knew mm -hmm. what not to do and how to treat people. You know, being in a being in the service industry, it gives you a, a whole different perspective on things and a whole bunch of appreciation on how to treat people because you want to be treated, you want to, you know, be treated, um, you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Yeah, right. So, you know, it gave me a perspective on you know, firsthand on how celebrities would treat you. You know, some of them could be nasty. Some of them could be very pleasant. Some of them would be very inviting, you know, yeah. very nice. So I saw the good and the bad side of that. So mm. when I got with P, I already had a foundation. I wasn't starstruck, you know, with some of the people that I was able to meet by being with him. So it was kind of an easy transition. And um, yeah. even from there, even from working with P, I was blessed. Um, when I started um, working in the gospel industry, I was blessed to move from that. I worked with a couple um, for a while and helped them formulate their label because of the experience that I got from working with P. And I did that for about three or four years. And then I was able to transition on and I worked with Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's dad, at Music World for 10 wow. years. Wow. So, I, you yeah, know, the goal, from, the goal from Master P, you know, a pioneer in the hip hop side, to then go to um, work with the um, with Matthew, Matthew knows. arguably, you know, Matthew knows arguably one of the best managers in the history of industry. Wow. You know, with Beyonce wow. and Destiny's Child, you know, to be you know working with him on a day to day basis, man, it was like a blessing. But I always say that I think you know God really used the hip hop side mm -hmm. um, as an internship for what I'm doing now on the on the gospel side, like he knew all along that I was going to be doing work for the kingdom. Like I, the, the stuff that I did with P, I enjoyed that. It was great. It was a wonderful experience. I still kind of dibble dabble if he ever calls me. I make myself mm -hmm. available because he gave me my start in the music industry. And he also Absolutely. helped me when I started to formulate my gospel label. Um, he helped me financially. Um, so whenever he calls me now, I still make myself available to do that. But like I said, I use that. I feel that that was just an internship for what God really wanted me to do in the kingdom. 
Wow. wow. What 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 made you transition to to gospel? Was that something that's been in your heart from you know years before you even got there, or well, was it something not, that? Not necessarily. Um, it would it kind of went with my walk with God. You know, at the time I wasn't really saved yet when I was working on the hip hop side, and okay. then you know I you know got saved and um, like I said, a, the couple they were out of um, at the time they were living in Nashville. And the young lady's name is Nayoki. Um, she had been singing gospel since she was a little girl. But when they became teens and in the early 20s, her and her sister formed a group called Millennium. And they toured for Prince. They were Prince background singers for three years. And okay. after that ran this course, Nayoki decided, you know, she wanted to go back to her gospel roots. And she got married to one of my homeboys. So a mutual friend of ours <laughs> told him what I was doing at No Limit. And like I said, he wanted to formulate the label. So I had never, you know, worked gospel music at all. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, he told him about me and we spoke on the phone. So they flew down to Houston and played some music for me. And I said, well, hey, I've never worked in the gospel industry before, but I've worked radio. And I just feel this is something that I could get on the radio if you give me a shot. And they gave me a shot. And that first song that she did, I got that song number five in the country. Wow. And, wow. Um, that started my, you know, that kind of started my transition. And then, like I said, after that time, I got baptized. So that just kind of started my walk. And then things kind of slowed up on the no limit side. So I just kind of transitioned with them and started working with them for a while. And then after that kind of ran his course, um, Brian Courtney Wilson, which, you know, people know, National Carter mm -hmm. artist, Brian yeah. Courtney Wilson, he was from Houston, um, lived in Houston, he's from Chicago, but lived in Houston. And he saw what I had done with Nayoki. We would see each other, you know, in Houston at different events in Houston. And um, he told me he had a project at the time that was that he had done. It was completed, but he hadn't put it out. And he was on Matthew's label. And um, oh, wow. he came okay. to a Christmas report I give every year. He let me listen to the project to give the short version. He let me listen to the project. And um, I was like, wow, you know, this blew me away. And um, I called him and I said, well, now, what were you telling me about this song, um, project? Because it's one song, all I need. It really ministered to me. Mm -hmm. And when I heard the song and I was just park my, pull my truck over and I'm just sitting in the parking lot, man, I'm filled with tears. And I listened to the song about five or six times. I said, now, what did you tell me about this project? He said, well, I've been out, it's been out. It's been done for about a year. And they tried to work radio with it. And that didn't work out and it's kind of on the shelf. I said, well, do you have more than these? He said, yeah, I have a garage. Mm -hmm full of them. And at the time I was running with a lot of NBA players that I know. So I spent a lot of time with them. I said, well, let me talk to a couple NBA players that I know maybe they can buy you out of your contract and, um, you know, we could put your project out. So about no more than about a week or so passed, Brian called me and said, Greg, guess what? I said, what? He said, uh, Matthew called me and said, he's ready to put my project out and they're looking for a radio promoter. And I gave him your name. Mm. I said, well, okay. So, you know, it was about three of us. But he was really adamant about me doing it. And um, yeah. they chose me to do his song. And that song with Brian All I Need, like I said, ministered to me. And they wanted to go with another song called All Right Here because they had tried that song at radio previously and they had shelved the project, project. And I said, well, just humor me. I said, give me two weeks with this mm -hmm. song and let me see what I could do. And um, if I can't get this song charted, we'll, I'll go with the song that y'all want already here. And within two weeks, um, I got that song. I was working at the time. Um, Daphne Cassell was kind of took me under her wing to help me with gospel radio because, like I said, I had never done gospel radio before. And we got that song charted within two weeks. And to this day, that song is the longest, longest running song on Billboard history, 92 weeks in any genre. That song wow. stayed on the charts 92 weeks. And from that project, I had... And I think this is the only person that's done it in my time at Gospel. I don't know about previous to me, but he's the only artist from the same project. I had three songs from that same project in Billboard Top 30 at the same time. Ooh. Um, so <laughs> that kind of solidified me in Gospel after that happened. And then Matthew was like, hey, um, I want you to do all of my radio for the label. And that's kind of how I got to where I am right now, you know, like I said, I worked with him for 10 years with, you know, 
all kind of people. Andrew Johnson, uh, Brian, Trinity 5-7, Michael Stanley, Juanita Bynum, you know, um, three seasons of the Sunday Best on winners and the runner-up. So that really solidified me in doing gospel music. Wow, wow. Man, I think that's a good place to even not just congratulate you for the work that you've done in the past, but Miss Keela Richardson, man. Shout out to Keela. Um, oh, yeah. Just went oh, num yeah. number one within the last week, man. So excited and happy to see that happen for you, too, man. And just congrats. That, that, that's Praise worth, God. Uh, Thank you. Recognition. I appreciate, <laughs> I, I appreciate yes, it. Shout out to Keela. Pensacola, Florida, stand up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> real, real happy and excited about her. Matter of fact, she has the full project coming out um, the 25th of this okay. month our first project um you know and like like you said the lead single so good has got number one on billboard and media based charts and was eight weeks on gospel indicated charts so just happy just happy for her and like i tell people you know she was on sunday's best and she was the fourth runner up but like i tell people you don't have to come in first to be a winner you know what i'm mm. saying you know you know it's just a, a singing competition and um people yeah make their choices but don't ever let that stop even if you came in 10th place of uh, the 20th Absolutely. person the first person that yeah. got off the show don't don't let that discourage you you know what i mean so right. you know just keep yeah. grinding i just believe in just outworking people you know some people oh, yeah. might have more skills than you but i, I didn't steal in all my artists just outwork them don't let them outwork you have the same 24 hours that's the next person so just be productive in those 24 hours Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned, uh, you know, we use this platform also to be uh, educational. So when you talk mm -hmm. about charts for somebody that's listening that, that wonders, like, what's the difference between, you know, certain different charts and how do you uh, even go about, you know, charting? Can you talk a little about, bit about the different charts and, you know, the process behind it. Well, the first thing you want to do is, um, you know, I see a lot of people now, especially with the social media. I see a lot of people just use out music out you know um first thing you want to do with your music is get it copywritten um then what you want to do with your music is get it registered at nielsen in that media base so that way if someone plays your music it's registered and you'll get you know paid you'll get residual income from the song being streamed or played um that's the first thing but then you want to um you know really get you a reputable radio person if you're really serious about your craft and your gift you want to get your reputable radio person to help work your project at radio because you could have a number one song right now sitting in sitting on your computer but it'll be the best song nobody's ever heard you know mm -hmm. so you want to find somebody that's going to help you get the music out to the masses is the number one thing but you also like i said you want to get it registered at nielsen you just go online to their website and upload the song you want to get an isrc number for the song you want to get some artwork um for your single and get all of that embedded because now radio stations won't even play your music if you don't have the isrc co um, code embedded in the music um so you know and that's the way you get paid on it with having that code embedded in your music so you want to do that get them registered and then that way like i said if anybody streams it whether it be on pandora spotify on um, Google Play or on um, um, YouTube, you'll get credit for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for someone who's listening that may not have necessarily a, a, a musical talent or gift, but they, they have a passion for music and have a good ear, and maybe they want to become a radio um, promoter or, or radio get into radio tracking is there any advice you can give somebody that may be struggling with even their artists or you know that, that just to get get their music out there and what steps it takes to kind of get that ball rolling um it's all about i've learned in my years in this music industry it's all about relationships like i mm -hmm. when i started even with p i didn't know anybody you know what i mean but i was blessed like i said i was blessed to be with someone that was established. So I got an opportunity to meet a whole lot of very influential people in the industry that I still have on the hip hop side. I still have relationships with those people. Um, but it's all about trying to build your database. Mm -hmm. um, and I just encourage anybody, if you want to work with an artist, um, you just 
go online most of the time with the radio station. I would say start locally. Start locally at your local radio station. Um, find out what call days, you know, because now with the pandemic, nobody's really letting you come to the radio station. Um, and it's kind of difficult right now because normally program directors have call days, but not a lot of program directors are actually physically going into the radio stations anymore. But let's say if everything is normal, when it gets back to normal, you want to find out when the program director's call days are, make those phone calls, um, package your music right. Don't just get a mm -hmm. CD, a blank CD, and write the name of the song on it. Um, like I said, make certain anytime you hand your music to anybody to listen to, make certain that it's already copywritten. Um, because what will happen is you'll have a hit and you don't have the, you know, have it copywritten. You'll hand it to somebody, and one day you'll be driving down the freeway in your car and you'll hear <laughs> your song on the radio and, and wonder what happened. You right. know, so mm -hmm. the packaging in your, um, your imaging is very important with people, especially when you're dealing with important people. Like um, one thing I take away from working with Matthew, he'd always say that his attention span is like five seconds. Like when you get the opportunity mm -hmm. to meet a Matt, somebody like a Matthew Knowles or Master P you're trying to have in the CD, you always want to, you always want to have your project on you somewhere, whether it be in your bag, your purse or something. I always want to carry a copy because you never know you might bump into somebody that you can hand it to. So mm -hmm. the presentation is everything, but you have to be quick at it. Like you have to give your spiel in a matter of five seconds to get their attention. Other than that, they moved on. People of that caliber really don't have time to just sit there and let you give them your life story. You know, you have yeah. to catch their attention in about four or five seconds. And bam, yeah. here's my CD. And most of the time, if, if you have your spiel together where you can do that, they'll give you that opportunity at least a minute where they get where they're going to listen to it. Um, so yeah. that's very important. Your packaging, you, once you get their attention, you don't want to give them something in a jewel case with no cover, or, like I said, no label or no information on the CD. And now you right. want to fumble the right on the CD, your name and your phone number and all of that. You don't want to do that. So imaging is everything. You know what I'm saying? You're um, building your brand is everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's key. That's key. I know you talked briefly about uh relationships and how important and key that is into and and success. So how do you um how did you develop or even maintain relationships um with key people like that? I mean, um and I'm asking you that's even personal for me. Like I've come in contact with that's a lot okay. of people throughout the years okay. and mm -hmm. um I'm not the best at reaching out all the time, you know, cause I don't, I don't like for people to feel like I, I want something or I'm, I'm, I'm calling them cause I need something. So, you know, see, how do you maintain those relationships? That's the key. You just, you just answered your own question. You reach out to those people when you don't need anything. They can, re they can respect you more. So when you do call and you do need something, they remember all the time that you called and said, Hey, you know, the last time we got off the phone, um, you say you was on your way to your son's soccer game. Did they win? You could call them back a few days later, just text them. Because see, yeah. now with the modern technology, you don't have to be a bugaboo and call somebody and leave a thousand messages. You can just text the person. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then you give them the option to either respond or pick up the phone and call you back. That's but good. the key to that is, the key to that is building relationships or just what you said, talking to people when you don't need anything, talking to people outside of what they can do for you in the industry. Yeah. When you're reaching out to them, you don't have to talk industry talk. Like I'm a family person. I'm I'm pretty much all that's all me. I'm family oriented. I like working with people that put their family first. You know, it's one thing to have a career. That's great. I love what I do. Um, I've been successful with what I've done, but I'm big on family. So yeah. um, when I find somebody like that, I just genuinely connect. So when I talk to my people, I'm always, you know, I'm Uncle Greg to them. You know, I'm, I'm talking to them about their family. So that way, when it's something, when I have to call and they see my number come up, it's not like, oh, that's that dude that's always bugging me about playing music. You know, most of the <laughs> right. time they know me from just calling them, seeing how they're doing, man. If they're dad, Father's Day, bam. Like I say, I don't have to call. I can text them on Father's Day. Mother's Day, yeah, yeah. I text the ladies, you know, on Mother's Day. And um, like I said, being afforded the opportunity to work with Pete, you know, I came in contact with people like Diddy and Russell Simmons and um, 
um, people like Monty Lipton that's over Universal Music and, you know, just a whole array of people that I was able to meet. And like I said, I'm a personable person. So um, I like people. I think people feel that about me. So, yeah. you know, I just get that sound for numbers where I don't have to cut through the red tape. But that goes back to, like I was telling you, nephew, in the limousine business, like I said, the man taught me that back then. He said, you're going to have an opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with people that otherwise other people can't get to because of the red tape, the secretaries and the, this one and that one to get through. You can't get a meeting with these people, but now you're one-on-one -on -one with these people and you have their life in hand as you drive them around. And I never, I never forgot that. When he told me that, yeah. I never forgot that. So now when I see people, I tried it. Sometimes it takes a while. Like, you know, when I got in the radio, of course, I didn't automatically get everybody's cell phone number. I had to go through the process of talking to them on their call days and stuff like that. But from going out in person, meeting them, getting to know them, um, going through dates in their market and bringing audience by that, as time went on, they felt comfortable giving me their cell phone number. And like I said, I don't abuse it. You know, right. I don't call them in the middle of the night. Um, I don't bug them a whole lot on their phone about music. I, they're just family to me. Be, you mm -hmm. know, become they become family to me, and I think they feel the same way um, about me to them. Yeah. They family. Yeah. 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 That's that's very valuable, and I hope everybody picked it up. Um, relationships, like anything else, it takes time, man. Especially building good relationships and just having. Mm -hmm. uh, you know the personality that you have and the character that you have it goes so far man it takes you so it takes you places that others can't go you know what i mean like people people recognize genuine people and um you know so it's, it's man that's awesome that you um have been able to establish relationships and grow from them and you know continue and, to build on them. that's something that and, uh, I, I and even as an artist even even as an artist mario um there are artists that probably haven't had a song on the radio in years but they're still getting booked more than some of the artists that's at the top of the chart because of the relationships that they built with churches and pastors throughout the years. And people appreciate that because not only do you make the um, introduction to the people, you have to nurture a relationship. You know, just like a mm -hmm. flower, you have to water a flower in order for it to continue to grow. So when you do, when you have an opportunity, don't take advantage of the people. You know, I don't believe in hitting people over the head with the price. I like to work within their budget so that way we can have repeat business. I'm all about repeat business. I don't believe in just going yeah. somewhere one time, even if it's not with the same artist. You know, if you build a relationship with the promoter or whoever you're working with at the church, they'll feel that, okay, I did good business. I enjoyed doing business with him. It was smooth. Mm -hmm. It was easy. So now I'm going to call this guy when I need something for passes and virtual to see who else he has. And that's what's kept me yep. with my longevity. Like I said in the beginning, I haven't gone to school. I don't feel I'm any smarter than anybody else. I don't have no magic wand that I wave, but it's my relationships that I've throughout the years that I've built with people. And I feel that I've nurtured with people that keeps me going. Cause like I said, it's, it's a lot of artists out here that you don't hear on the radio, but they cool. They, they working, they outworking a whole bunch of people because of the relationships yeah. that they built throughout the years absolutely absolutely i want to take a moment and jb you could jump in uh i just want to recognize um our viewers that's online uh shout out to troy harris sean keys i believe you know who that is uncle g the the, the maestro uh anthony uh, jackson super producer sean <laughs> key oh yeah my pierre Medora, another super producer my brother uh ray Not ray pierre on the line see i yeah. can't see Chaney, who's on the line Chaney Jacob Ware. Walter Hewlett, Tanisha, Patricia, we, we recognize you. Just wanted to give you a shout out real quick. JB, you got awesome. something you want to interject before I continue? No, I'm just amazed at the uh, at the amount of information, and I don't understand. I don't. I hope the viewers are really listening to Uncle G because uh, uh, he's dropping jewels uh, when it comes to what uh, the things that he's talking about. Um, but I know I, he's a, and he's a humble man. I can I can sense that. Uh, but he he has a he has a little bit of the Midas touch, I think, because uh, <laughs> it's like everything that he touches is it turns to gold. Oh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah. I appreciate you saying that, Pastor. That's all. That's all. God, trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wish I could lay claim to that. Uh, but again, I just take pride, and I just feel my mama always taught me, you know, my my sisters that you just. Don't let a person outwork you. They may have 
more of an ability than you, you know, um, but just don't let them outwork you. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in that. Now, I want to touch on, since you said, because I can't see who's on, but I want to touch mm -hmm. on, since you said Pierre and Sean on, um, just to show you how what I'm saying is true about relationships. The reason why you and I are together is because of my relationship with Pierre, with another Absolutely. artist that I was working with. Um, I did um, a project on him in a way Pierre welcomed me, him and Bruce Robinson welcomed me yeah. into their world. Um, Pierre's a very, very well-known and respected um, producer, and he didn't have to do what he did. He definitely gave me a family price. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but not only did he give me a family price, he he was professional. He, you know, he he treated me the same way he would treat somebody, uh, A-list R&B artists that he works with. He didn't treat me any different. That's and right. he invited me into his home. Like I said, I'm big on family. And I met his daughter, you know what I'm saying? Played wow. with his daughter while they were in the studio. So that that was dear to me. And like I said, yeah. he gave me a price um, that you can't beat anywhere and he did three songs and he when he was finished he was like bam 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 he had already mastered and mixed it and like <laughs> delivered it yep. without me having to call and say where my files when you gonna finish my files like i said i know this man was working with a-list artists at the time but yes, from sir. that you know whenever he calls me it's like you can't tell p had no because he was he did me right you wow. know what i'm saying and that's where our relationship became because of how he treated me back then and the same thing with sean cheese um a friend of mine his wife wanted to do a project be masking new orleans you know Mardi Gras indians for um carnival time and she wanted she came up with the idea you know her husband was known as a spy boy in new orleans and she wanted to put some music behind what he was doing so mm -hmm. i was like okay well you know this is something different the same way i got in gospel didn't know gospel you know now we're talking about our heritage with second music so I knew Sean from an artist that I was working with um, previously, a man, Isabel Davis. So I called Sean. I knew he was in New Orleans. He was getting ready to go on a trip on a Disney cruise with his family, his wife and mm. kids, for spring break. And I called him, and um, he said, well, I'm about to go on, but uh, let me see if I can put something together. Within a matter of hours, he sent me a demo for me to listen to, and I was like, oh, my God, you was able to do that. And then I called another young lady, Edie Black, that's a known um hip-hop artist in the southern region and called her and she agreed to um to do the, the lyrics on it to sing on it to rap yeah. on it and um neither one of them asked me for a dime wow neither one of them yeah. asked for a penny they was like okay what is going to cost me it was like no no you know Peter said god had put it in my spirit that we we're going to work together anyways it's funny that you called me because i had a dream that we was going to work on something so i don't want to take any money from me sean was about to go on the cruise he stopped from packing with his family did it turned around within two or three days i had it so when it was time to kill the project i remembered that how he had done what he did so i had reached out to pierre from what he had done and he sent me a couple of tracks but we didn't use those and i reached out to sean and he had a song that he let me listen to which was so good at the time and i was like this is the song and um, wow. got in the studio with him and killer and at first killer wasn't really feeling it like that but i told her i said killer i said if you don't feel the song don't do it because i'm telling you but i'm telling you what i hear and if you do this song like i know you can do the song this song could go number one mm. which the song by the grace of god <laughs> went number one but again all of that came about from John doing something for me for free to establish a relationship. You know, everything doesn't yeah. have to be monetary. You know what I'm saying? You right. can get blessed right. down the line. You know, you can't base everything on dollars and cents, which he could have yep. charged me for what he did. He could have charged me even more for what he did with the So Good song. But look what is done for his career as well. But he's just sold a seed and, you know, he was just good to me like i said he didn't charge me anything in the time where he could have said i don't have time to do it he made the time to do it and then on top of that didn't charge me anything but then I, wow. when i went back to him 
He had a song on his again on his computer. Cause like I said, it's a lot of producers that sitting out there with number one songs that nobody's ever heard yet. Yeah, you know. Yep. So with him doing that, I felt compelled to call him and Pierre first and look at the results. Wow, you know what I mean? You wow. know what I'm saying? So now he's able to see. I got a number one record. The the writers they had never done anything of that matter magnitude. So it makes me feel good to be able to. Um, give a platform yeah. for some people, even though Sean was known, I don't know about the writing um, um, that Lynn Adolphus had done. Now they can say on their resume, I've written the number one song. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. So that, that makes me feel good because like I said, I believe in family, a family atmosphere. We're a family. So Absolutely. as I'm promoting my artists, I want them to get in the habit of promoting the people that's behind the scenes. Let the people yeah. know about them. You know what I'm saying? Because it, without yeah. the people behind the scenes, nobody will know about audit. And the yeah. artists are our mouthpiece. Um, you are our promoter because we are behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Man. That's good. You, you said a mouthful, man. And I'm, I'm hoping that there's so many people listen behind the, the message, so many messages that you're dropping, man. And I'm, I'm just... I know I'm getting it like with nuggets, man. Sometimes you got to listen behind the message and really hear, <laughs> hear what, you know, what's being said. And even even speaking to dollars and cents, man, I, I believe and, and I know that relationships will take you further than any dollar amount ever will. Believe so that. a lot of times, a lot of times I've seen that 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 dollar can can affect relationships, man. And, and it's heartbreaking because there's so much that can be done. But, you know, people are chasing that dollar that they don't see the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Or, or the relationship oh, yeah. and the value, the bigger picture, oh, the value, man. the relationship and what what, it, what you can do together. And sometimes, you know, I know I know everybody's, you know, in a position where we, we, we lack, may have some type of lack and the, and the money can benefit us. But like you said, you got to know and really kind of have a relationship with God to know when it's time to when do you charge? What do you charge? If you charge, you know, not everything exactly. should be about the dollar, you know. So, exactly. yeah, man, I, I appreciate you speaking to that. And um, I just wanted to ask you, too, like you make this whole thing look so easy, man. You you make it look really? like, you know, oh, like like James said, you like you got the Midas touches. You just got the formula and it's easy for you. But I, I know that this has to come with some challenges. It has to. And so I just want if you can just take a moment to kind of speak to maybe some of the challenges you face, even with an artist or just the industry period, or um, and kind of how are you navigating through those challenges? What's like, what's your why? What keeps you going when, when those challenges come? Um, Like I said, I, I try to promote a healthy atmosphere for all of my artists. I think, um, I think what's helped me is I try my best not to stretch myself too thin. Um, you know, and not being arrogant, I get people to call me every day, all day, you know, thinking the same thing like you that it's a modest touch that is easy that if I just get with you, um, yeah. that we're gonna make it to the top, but that's that's not the real world, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and just like you and I and Pierre got on the phone the other day and I shared with you guys candidly, sometimes mm -hmm. the timing of working with an artist isn't the right time. And mm -hmm. um, I try, I try to keep my roster of working with people down to you know five people, four people. Four is a good number for me. Five, you know, you're kind of stretching it because just like you said with the challenge, where the challenge comes in is making everybody feel their priority. Everybody's mm -hmm. number one. You know what I mean? You don't want you don't want to have turmoil within your camp. You don't want your artist being jealous of another artist's accomplishment. Right, me being right. successful for me in my seat, successful to me is getting on social media and seeing you hit the like button to comment on Dr. James Mabel, or you yeah. um, hit the like button on something killer when you see killer number five on the charts, you say something. Vice versa, if Keela see I'm promoting you this morning, she'll make a comment. To me, that makes me feel good because I'm instilling the family atmosphere to my artists and nobody has animosity with the other one. But it's hard, yeah. you know, it's hard for me to get up every morning and make certain that everybody feels that. You know, like Kim Person, I'm working with Kim Person. Um, she was, a, which is a blessing. She was um, two time nominated for Stella Award this year. Mm. Um, 
So God, I call them assignments. Like I don't, again, I'm not trying to, I don't want to come across as arrogant, but people inbox me, even to hip hop people. I still get calls mm -hmm. four, five o'clock in the morning with people in the studio talking about, hey, um, is Master P around? You know, I got this demo <laughs> tape I want to give the people because my name is still listed on a whole bunch of websites as this contact person. So I still yeah. feel hip hop calls. And you know, you write for mm -hmm. um, R&B artists. You know, <laughs> yeah. their time a day is different from the average person time of day. They don't start yes, working till midnight. Right. You know, right. their time is midnight to 6 a.m. where everybody's yeah. sleeping. So it's nothing for them to call you three or four o'clock in the morning and think you're ready to do business, you know. But right. it's a challenge to make certain everybody because I say it sometimes it's the time of it. And like I explained to UNPI, I appreciate your patience because your song um, is a, the way I am is a beautiful song. I know that song can go number one, but at the time we started working the song, I was so close to getting killer to where, you know, to get to the number one on the charts that I really had to go over time and push, push, push because being an independent, her being a new artist, independent artist, I don't have the same window of opportunity as somebody that's on a major label, a Motown RCA. So when my opportunity is there, I have to get it while it's there yes, or I'll lose it. That window closed. And you were, you know, you were understanding about that. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody Absolutely. is, though. You know, you're right. a seasoned artist. Not everybody would have had the patience that you had. You know what I'm saying? Same right. with Dr. James Mabel. Keela and James kind of started around the same time, but her song, given her platform from for Sunday Best, she just had a larger, she came off a large platform. So people gravitated to her visually and her sound more because they had heard her for eight, eight or nine weeks on national television with three million yeah. listeners. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he had yeah. to, you know, he didn't have to, but he did um, show how humble he was because he was probably her biggest cheerleader. So wow. that makes me, so that makes me feel good because now when it's time, this project comes out in two weeks, on the 18th of this month. Yeah. So um, so now it makes me even go even harder for him because I saw the sacrifices, how he had to sit back and watch mm -hmm. Killer rise up the charts. So now, you know, it's easy for me to, to put the work in for him because he didn't come to me like, um, I see what you're doing and what's happening with my record. <laughs> you know right, what I'm saying? Right. With my record, you know? I see yeah. with Killer, you all over the all, all over the place with Killer, or you all over the place with Isabel. When you gonna go out on the road with me? He never did that. So now it's right. this time, this project comes out in less than two weeks. And um, Journey 2.0. That's a cheap plug. I'm gonna put that in. Y'all go yes, out, out for pre-order right now. Everybody mm -hmm. that's on, please pre-order James Mabel Jr. on um, the Journey 2.0 right now, available on everywhere digital outlet. So get that, that's my shameless commercial but <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Absolutely. But um, yeah. it's easy, like I said, it's easy to do that. And what makes it easier, nephew, is like I said, when I see the other artists cheering on each other and they're not jealous of one another, because see, that's the other thing too. I always try to, when I take on the artists, I try not to get like artists, like the artists that I'm working with now, like yourself and James, and Killer and Kim and Red Hands, everybody's mm -hmm. in their own lane. They're unique yep. in their own way. They have their own sound. Like you don't do the same kind of music that James is doing. You know, right. Killer is a female artist. He can do mm -hmm. the contemporary and she could do traditional. Um, Kim the same way, but their sound, you know, Kim is more of a, a powerhouse um, singer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She commands your attention when you hear her voice because she's a powerhouse singer but she's clear so her tone is different from killer so everybody has their own unique lane to where i don't mm -hmm. have to feel when i send this on the radio oh you just sent me the song right. from them because one of the key things and this is when let you know when you're doing and try to do too much and you stretch yourself out i share this with people all the time when you get to a situation when a program director asks you what's your priority on your roster that's when you know you're working too many people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? If I call and yeah. I say I got this Mario record, I got this um killer record, I got this James Babel record, and I have this Red Hands record, I had this Kim Person record, as soon as they say which one is your priority, 
You got too many mm -hmm. records that you're working, especially if two or three program directors tell you the same thing. You the know, you, you're working too many at the same time. But I've been blessed to where, you know, that hasn't happened in recent years. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I try to keep it that way because, again, I'm a family person. As much as I love, like I said, I'll make it look easy. I'll make it look easy because, again, I incorporate you and my family. If we're working together, we're family. Your yeah. situation with your wife and your kids, if you having problems, that's a problem for me. You know, we're going to go through that together. You literally, you are family to me. So yeah. if you feeling a certain kind of way, I feel a certain kind of way. Uh, and it's the same with all my artists. And like I said, I look at it, it's not a job because if it was a job, I wouldn't be able to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because the compensation for it isn't, definitely isn't like it was in hip hop when I was with P. But I tell people all the time, you know, I, I don't have much money, but I've been rich all my life. I'm Come rich on, with man. I'm I'm rich with the relationships that I have with people, the people that mm -hmm. I work with. I love the people that I work with. I love working with you. I love talking to you. I love talking to Pierre. I don't have to talk to Pierre for, for a year. But when I talk to Pierre, it's the same Pierre. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And um I just take I just take pride on that. If I call you my niece, if I call you my nephew, I mean that to my heart. We don't have to be blood, you right. know. You know, to be close, we don't have to be. If you call me on, I, I, I take that near and dear to my heart, even the people on social media. It's people on social media I've never met before in my life. But through communicating with them with social media, I feel that we genuinely family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. If somebody texts me, if somebody comment, you'll see if somebody is busy as I might be doing a birthday, I reply to everybody. Every, yeah. Anybody yeah. take the time to stop and comment, even if I say, hey, congratulate my artist, Mario J. Brown. I ain't say congratulate Uncle G or Uncle G promo or Uncle G records. I say, please help me congratulate my artist, Mario J. Brown. If they say congratulations, I'm going to tell them thank you, even if the yeah. artists don't. Yeah. I am, yeah. because I'm the one ask you. I'm the one ask mm -hmm. you to do that. So I'm going to I'm going to thank you on behalf of my artists. You know, and I, I, wow. I love it. And I make it look easy because, again, I incorporated in my life, my family. Uh, I'm not going to say 100% that they've learned that, you know, it's okay <laughs> because they don't. I just live it. You know, I wake up in the morning, you know, early in the morning. Um, I don't sleep, you know, too much during the night. Um, but I wake up with uh, artists on my mind. Like, even before I go to sleep, I have something in my mind that I want to say to help promote one of my artists that morning. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. uh, and all through the day, I'm still making my calls. I'm still doing the marketing promotion, but I'm still responding to people on, on behalf of my artists on social media, and they see me do that. That's why when I have a situation with an artist that may do me wrong or feel that uh, I've run, have you know, we run our course, and then they just want to jump ship, and they might still owe some act money or leave me in debt. That's why my wife, you know, kind of looks at me wow. side eye and look at the people, mm -hmm. really look at the people side eye. And, you know, she ain't, yeah. she ain't, oh, yeah. <laughs> this, you know, uh, that I, I might be, you know what I'm saying? Right. But that's my wife, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but she, she watched me daily, the work that I yeah. put in, that again, you could never compensate me for the hours that I spend on behalf. And I'm not looking for it because again, like I said, I, I don't have much money, but I've been rich all of my life and God blesses me. We don't lack for anything and I'm good with it. You know, I enjoy what I do. Um, they let me do what I do, but when I'm with my family, I'm with them. You know what I'm saying? And we, yeah. we have a good time. They reap the benefits of the fruits of my my labor, but they still my number one priority. Other than God, they they right there. You know what I'm saying? So they, again, I'll say, use the word allow. They allow, they share me with my artists, but they know that's my passion to do that. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. again, I, I try to promote a healthy family atmosphere so it doesn't seem like a job. Because once it starts to feel like a job, I can't deal with it. You know? Yeah, I can't yeah. deal with it. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm just sitting here, man, just replaying some of the things that's been said. Uh, this is one of them, them shows I'm going to have to go back and listen and take notes on and, uh, you know, just apply one thing I, I, I love about you is um, the things that you share, it, it, 
even though some of it applied to music, like these are life principles, things that mm -hmm. can apply to whatever genre you're in, whatever you're doing, um, just being a good person, being genuine, knowing how to treat people. And, you know, I think just that's that's missing and it's so needed, especially in today's world. Just genuine people, man. It's just, you know, you know, <laughs> you and I know both how, um, you know, just the industry can be filled with uh, phony phoniness. You know, oh, people yeah. That don't really, you know, and, and that's that's been a turnoff um, personally for a while. It's just like, man, I don't. I don't want to be around it. If it's a certain shows I got to go to and these people acting uppity and I, I, I prefer to stay at home because that's just not, you know, the type of environment that I would like to be in. So just to be able to be connected to somebody that is genuine and has a genuine love for people, uh, regardless of what, you know, like I said, when I read your bio, all of that stuff is great, man. But more importantly, you being a, a father that I can look to, a, a husband I can look to, somebody that's that's older than I am that I can call and, you know, chop it up about, you know, just the wisdom that you have and the experience and knowledge. So I, I just appreciate you. We appreciate you. I'm sure Absolutely. JB feels the same way, man. man. Um, you yeah. Feel like I, my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I would hope. I, I would hope I am. Amy. Yeah, I, yeah. I That's what you feel like, man. Uh, yeah. Because you know, again, man, I appreciate you saying all that, Mario. But um, like, if I just took you even further back, before the limousine, you know, prior to the limousine, I was out there. I was out there in mm. the world. You know what I mean? And um, I hit rock bottom. I was just lucky that. God was that rock at the bottom. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I was down, bro. You know, I, I didn't know which way it was up. And um, hmm. I'm a I'm a living witness that God could use anybody for his glory. Because yes, if you knew my story prior to the limousine days, you hmm. know what I'm saying? If you knew my story prior to that, you'd be like, ain't nowhere in the world. This dude he was supposed to be here. And, <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll share this with you. When I went to get the limousine job, I had done so many drugs, but I had told God for about the thousand times, I said, God, I'm hmm. laying in my bed, I stared at this ceiling, I know every spot on this ceiling. And I had done this for many, many times, and I had many, many conversations with him. I said, but if you get me, if I come down this time, this will be my last time. Now, mind you, I had told him that maybe two or three hundred times. And I said, if you this this time, if you do it, because I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I said, if you do it for me this this time, I promise you, I won't get high again. And that was it. It was no rehab. It was no 12-step program. Um, wow. I've been clean and sober about 24, 25 years now. But when I went to go apply for that job, um, the guy the guy that had first taught me the limousine business, he had partnered with another guy. And I called him, you know, because I was out here hustling. You know, I hadn't worked a job in years, but I was paying my bills hustling. So when yeah. I called him, he said, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a consultant for this limousine company. You need to come in right now. I've already spoken to the guy. Now I'm thinking to myself, oh my God, I'm going right now. I know I'm not going to get this job because in order to, you know, you have to have your CDL license, you're going to be drug tested. So I say, I know. This ain't a good time to go apply for no limousine job, but he was like, you gotta come in today. So I went in and they immediately put me on a trip. And you know, I didn't have to take the test that day. They knew I had experience and a call came in, nobody was there, they said, boom, can you go do this? I'm like, bam, so I rode around that day. When I got off of work, um, I went and anybody that's done drugs know what I'm talking about. I went and took all kind of ginseng and all this cleanser and this and that. And the next day when I went to work, they said, hey, before you drive again, we got to send you to the clinic to get your drug test. I was like, well, this is going to be the shortest lived job I ever had, you know? And went right. to the test and, man, the people came back and said the test was negative. Wow. And I'm That's like, bad. ain't no way in the world. <laughs> ain't no way in the world. I had gotten high for about a week straight. I said, ain't no way in the world that's going to disappear in, in 30, 36 hours. I said, ain't no mm. way in the world. That was nothing but God. But like I said, yes. that job, he gave me that job because at the time I needed to get myself away because the guy that I, um, two people, uh, Reverend Reginald Thompson and the guy, the same guy I told you about that mask at Mardi Gras Indian, Dow Edward, they had been in situations to where they had gotten themselves straight and clean and sober. And I called them that same morning when I told them I'm looking at the ceiling and they both told me, 
you may feel you're going to miss that income because that's what you're used to paying your bills with. He said, but I promise you, if you walk away from it, God is going to provide for you. And mm -hmm. they were like prophets. God gave me that job because they had put that in my mind to try, at least try this, at least try. I know it's going to be hard to go cold turkey, but try. God is still going to provide. You're not going to miss that money. Like I said, I'm not, we don't want for anything. I'm no, I'm not rich. I mean, I'm not, um, I don't have a bunch of money, but I'm, I'm, I've been rich ever since. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And um, he, he blessed me with that. And I worked in the industry. I probably worked that job if I worked with Pete probably eight or nine years. And like I said, I've met, I've met some of anybody that you could name in the R&B world that I've met and kicked it with. Like, I, you know, I've been with L.A. Yeah. Reid. You know, I wish, wow. I wish now that I can see him to let him see that I'm working in the music industry, but it's the same way you're talking to me, I was able mm -hmm. to talk to him. He was a personable person. He was one mm -hmm. of the people that I said, I could say, when you do a win, because I always say win, it's not if you make it, but when you make it, you want to pattern yourself behind this guy, yeah. not the other guy that came in here and just treated you like you were a servant. Because right. one thing about being a chauffeur, I take my hat off to anybody anybody in the service industry, just like being waiting tables. Man, it takes a special kind of person to do that. Yes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the limousine business, I had to get out and hold an umbrella over somebody's head while I got wet. I had to open and close doors for people. You know, right. I've driven Martin Lawrence. I've driven James Brown. I've driven Trump's first wife. I've driven Michael Bolton. I've driven CEOs to Fortune 500 companies. I've driven sheiks to where I've had to get government clearance just to be in a company. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So God bless me to be around people. And this is not mind you, this is coming from being a drug addict. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I was a filthy rag, still a filthy rag. But he took me from being, like I said, hit rock bottom to bam, you in the presence of all of these people that's doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So like I said, anything after that, anything after that, even with the pandemic, I was like, if God delivered me from that situation, mm -hmm. surely this mm -hmm. pandemic ain't nothing but a snap of a finger. <laughs> Right. You feel what I'm saying? Because yes, you sir. couldn't get you couldn't get much lower than where I was, nephew. You didn't want to know me back then. You say I'm a nice guy now, but you wouldn't have wanted to know me back in them days. Wow. Wow. I hear you, man. I definitely could tell you a real, real, real man, man, real oh, person. Man. I appreciate Come on. that. Come <laughs> but on, man, yeah, this, this has been yeah. very, very encouraging. Um, you know, it's just it's a, it's a weird time that we're in right now. And just yeah. to even hear your story, man, and where you come from and where you are now and kind of the steps that it took to get there. I I'm telling you, man, that did something for me tonight that I needed to hear just yes, to sir. give me another boost of, hey, you're going to be all right. And like you said, it's, it's when you make it. So uh, right. I appreciate you, man, your transparency and everything. It's been a great, 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 great show, man. And um, again, this platform, um, you know, it'll be available on Apple Music um, in the next couple of days. So I'm thankful about that. And uh, James and I have been working hard behind the scenes to you know, give give people something that's necessary, man, something that's needed. And uh, like like people of your caliber being on this show and being able to share with them, you know, different experiences and knowledge and wisdom is something that you can't pay for, man. And people don't get a chance to sit in these rooms with people like yourself. So, man, again, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate man, thanks you. Thanks for having me. Hopefully, hopefully I shared enough of my personal stories, but hopefully for the people that's in the industry that was looking to get some questions answered, about the industry maybe you might want to ask the people that's on if they have any specific questions because i do want to i do want to make certain that i give your listeners on your platform what they were Enough you tools. know looking looking for because i you know i have the time I, I i genuinely appreciate um you and pastor for you know having me back on yes, sir. i don't ever have a problem because people used to always say man why do you always tell people you know all of the stuff or whatever but it's one thing to tell people but they mm -hmm. still have to apply what you share with them so I, i've never worried about that like i say i've been taught and trained by a number of people that were good to me so i never try to withhold um any knowledge or something that i think i could share with people so like i said if you have anybody that has any specific questions i'll be happy to or uh, try to answer those questions 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, shout out to uh, all the listeners and viewers that's out there and that will even listen to it once it's uh, uploaded on, on Apple Music Podcast. If y'all have any questions, reach out to us. Um, you know, uh, you can find me on Mario J. Brown. And also, uh, if you can, Uncle G, if you can give them your, your media platforms and then James as well, JB, mm-hmm. then we can uh, they can they can definitely forward those questions. Yes, um, I am. Who am I on Instagram? I'm Greg Uncle G Lions on Facebook. I'm Greg Lions, and on Twitter, I'm Greg Uncle G Lions, and my website is UncleGPromo.com. Awesome, awesome, awesome. JB, you want to shoot out, yeah. your, shout out your information? Yeah, I'm at at JB uh, JB J Buford. 24 on Instagram. I'm um, James Buford on uh, Facebook. I'm even on Twitter at a at, at J Buford 24. Uh, you can contact me on those platforms. If you have any questions, any concerns, whatever, give us a shout out and uh, we'll make sure we get them questions answered. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also we welcome your feedback. So if there's some things that you like, things you don't like, improvements Absolutely. that you can see, make sure you uh, forward that information to us as well. We'll definitely take everything into consideration. But again, thank you all. It's been a great show. It's been a great show. JB, tell them when they, can, uh, when they can reach us again and how often the show is running with yeah, season so the, two. Yeah, season two is running Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. We're live on the on on uh facebook and we're also live on youtube i haven't checked youtube let me check youtube real quick uh yeah youtube is running strong so we live on facebook and we live on youtube so just uh uh you can find us there at 7 p.m uh central time uh what time is it there mario 8 p.m eastern Yes, sir. We're all in different locations, making it happen. So, yeah, Mario's in Atlanta. I'm in Milwaukee, uh, and we're making it happen, making it do what it do. And so you can find us here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Tune in, share, and like, please. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you. Love you. Good night. Enjoy this week. Yeah. Till next time. Till next time. Give me a second here. Yeah, hold on. Let me get my stuff together here. My bearings are here we go. We out.